This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. We're going to build a train so big it can't be stopped. From the executive producers of Power. We got enemies eyeing us, cops clocking us. Comes the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Tommy Egan is the linchpin to bringing down all of these gangs. Egan's too dangerous to be left alive. Power Book 4, Force. Game over. Premieres Friday, September 1st, only on Stars and the Stars app. Back for Arfield. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up takes it in. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, 
Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Goal! Michael Kellan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice! At the Amex Stadium! Burnley are level and deserve to be! Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast full-time show with me, Joe Revend, after Burnley's fantastic win yet again. I seem to start every full-time show with that, actually. Um, but another dominant win against Huddersfield. And as you can see, we've got two guests this week, which is kind of normal now for the full-time show. Two men that need no introduction, starting off with uh, Vizzy. Um, obviously, everyone knows Vizzy, Burnley fan, made, I was going to say, I was going to say made fame through his vlogs. I guess I'm kind of right there, but that's how everyone knows you, isn't it, Liam? Um, I like to think so. If they can think of me like that, that's fine. Um, if they see me as a, a bit of a annoying git, then that's also fine too. Um, I'm happy to be on, pal. No, thank you for coming on again, mate. I know you're uh, busy, especially in the mornings, uh, with a little one just like me. And of course, Neil, uh, now an official Turfcast panellist. It's in his Twitter yeah. bio. I'm it good, is. Yeah, not too bad. Cheers. How are you doing, lads? All right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Solid Claritz is already here. He says, you are late. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I was putting my mascara on, obviously, before the start of the show, just like last week as well. Uh, need to take the creases out of the background paper as well, does Solid. I'll probably have new branding for next season, so um, hold that thought. We will We will see. We will see. Um, but yeah, lads, um, I asked on Twitter, actually, so I will quickly, should, should have been prepared and got this up before I, before I actually started, but I asked on Twitter today, if that was the best attacking display we had ever seen from Burnley. And I had quite a few responses, so I'll read them out just before I get to you two. Yeah, so I said, was yesterday the best attacking display we've ever seen from Burnley? Andy Murray said, I can't remember any better than that one, to be honest. Lee McNulty says, we were class all over the pitch yesterday, looked dangerous. Every attack and Huddersfield were lucky we didn't get double figures. That obviously goes uh, points out to what Liam was just saying off air, that even the moves that didn't result in goals were brilliant. Uh, Stephen Moss says, extremely good, mind-blowing at times. I think Preston just edges it, uh, but every week is phenomenal. I think, for me, this one is definitely the best attacking performance of this season, um, but we can have that debate in a second. Louise says, not yet, so there's obviously more to come. Chris Cummings says, it was a real Brentford away first half in the last Championship season, too, was pretty special. Um, Matt Lawcock says, personally, we looked a lot better than we was because of how poor Huddersfield were. I agree with that, Matt, but I don't think it takes away how good we were on the day. Um, and Mike Coleshaw says the second half at Sunderland was the best attacking display I've seen from the lads. I, I can yeah, I can see that one. We were sensational that day. Liam, you were saying then you were going to mention the Brentford one, I think? Well, that's one that I got told um, quite a lot when I did um, when I was big to other Burnley fans. And I was thinking of, oh, yeah, that 3 0 half time at Brentford because that was quite a big game for that year when it comes to, I think Brentford also a decent side. And I think it was just the manner of the goals because, you know, with Sean Dyche, we wasn't exactly used to really like fast flowing, you know, incredible, beautiful football. But for that game, every single goal in our half was sensational from George Boyd's to Arfield's little one, two top bins and then Joy Button free kick. So that's up there um, in terms of just kind of, it kind of didn't come from nothing because we were a great side, of course, but just the manner of the goals were incredible to look back on. But in terms of last night, Oh, no, last night, yesterday. That first half, just relentless. The passing plays, the confidence, the bravery. The, you know, we took risk in, in every attack that we took and we weren't predictable in any way. It wasn't just left to right, left to right. We were just 
any way you could imagine us breaking down a team we did. And it was a complete, perfect performance. Yeah, sensational. I know, as you were saying off air as well, when you just mentioned it then, every attacking display, uh, sorry, every attacking move was dangerous. Uh, there were some brilliant moves that didn't necessarily result in goals as well. Um, Neil, your thoughts? Do you think that's the best attacking display we've ever seen from Burnley? Or, or do you think Brentford, and, and as somebody says in the comments, which I've just seen, um, there's a Chelsea away, uh, Vox and Wardy as well. There was that one as well, obviously Chelsea down to, I think they went out to nine men as well. I don't know if that takes away from it, but do you think that's up there with um, the best attacking players from Burnley? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, just because of the, the run of fixtures we've had, we've had two really tricky away games and we've come through them and then put that performance in um, against the Neil Warnock side as well. I know Huddersfield are poor, but Warnock's not a mug. He knows what he's doing. He, he sets his team up very well. Um yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, um, DJ like says. Yeah, DJ says was a great performance, but felt as though we took our foot off the gas after we got to three 0 I feel like we've done that every game this season, pretty much. Every we time have we've to, gone though, three 0 up. Yeah, every time we've gone three 0 up, we've taken our foot off the gas. And and I mentioned it yesterday in the sixty second review. It is a little annoying because I'd love to put a team like properly to the sword, like a six seven. <sighs> But you can see why they're doing it as well, to save legs. If they were that intense for 90 minutes, when you've got a game coming up on Wednesday and then a game on Saturday, um, then players could get tired. Um, and he also makes a lot of subs as well. I mean, you could tell the difference when the likes of Teller and Barnes went off yesterday. Um, but Liam, do you think do you find it frustrating that we haven't put a team to the sword? That's 6-7-0, or do you think that is literally, if that's the only thing we have to mourn about, uh, that shows how well we're doing, does it? I've got no worries. I think they were saving it all for bastards. Well, hey, boys. Yeah. We're saving it all for that game. Um, that's the only thing that you can maybe have a bit of a, an annoyance about is the fact that, you know, that we, we should have won by more. You know, it, when the third went in, I was thinking, we, could put, we can win this by 10, boys. You know, I want 10. I won't be happy if it's 10 0. I want to I I keep going. You know, score a goal at least every, every 10 minutes or so. You know, at least make it nine. Um, it's just it, remarkable. I, I kind of want to look up the stats and look up comparing Sean Dash's nine years at Burnley and comparing just this one season alone. I wonder how many times we've scored three goals or more in a game. And now I want to. I really wonder if we are already catching up on the, the same amount of what we had of under nine years of Sean Dyche. If Maybe I'm being way off the market, but it feels like it. If I, I remember the 15th season, we beat, like I think, Bristol City. And I think it was also Huddersfield again, 4-0 at home. But it's just, it seems like it's just relentless this year. And... I'm looking forward to the next couple of games. We got Wigan, we got Blackpool, we got Fleetwood yeah. in the cup, of course. So it's going to be, I think, same the same routine for those two teams. Um, they're up against it, of course, and they'll be fighting for their lives. But we're just night and day. Yeah, we are sensational at the minute. Beck Holden says utter domination. MKP Fave says the first half we were imperious. Uh, DJ says I thought it would have been a lot tougher of a game. Well, it shows what I know because I said on the pre-game show, Huddersfield will dig in. They'll make it hard work. Similar to what you were just saying there, Neil, about Warnock. I expected Warnock to come in, completely take the sting out of it um, yeah. and just make it an absolute slog. But it wasn't. We played very well. Uh, credit to Huddersfield, I think. I mean, I want to give them credit for the way they played in the second half. But as a lot of people have said, I think it's more to do with us probably taking our foot off the gas. But they did; they were a little bit better in the second half, weren't they? Yeah, but it's a mixture of the two, like you just said there. So, you know, I think by that point, it was sort of um, it was self-preservation from their point of view. But also, yeah, we, we are taking it off. And I, I completely understand why company is... It won't be 
it won't be that he wants to take the foot off the gas, but I think it's just about squad management now um, and making sure that we've got the players that we need to keep this up until we're actually confirmed up. Because I loved what he said during the week about how he's not happy at the minute. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love that. And I think with that mentality, I think he's going to manage his squad right through. And we- I don't think we will see where we keep it going for 90 minutes. He'll get the job done and see the games out just so that we've got that that squad. Yeah, I, I know. I remember. I know what you said. I remember what you said on the on the show last week. You said about him saying that we're twenty first in the country, not first in the championship, and how that's such a yeah. winning mentality. Um, yeah. Liam, just 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 as like a, a tweak to the stat that you mentioned there, Beck's got a good one. How many goals have we scored in the last two seasons? We must be equal in that this season alone. That'll be quite a quick one to find out as well. I, I think we've got what nearly seventy now, if not more. I I, I know it's in the league is sixty eight. In sixty eight, right? Yeah. So overall. It's going to be in the 70s, isn't it? Yeah, 68. Um, so that, that'd, be, that'd be a good one. Nice little tweak there. Um, speaking of goals, we scored three brilliant goals yesterday. Um, passing the ball were fantastic, weren't we, Liam? I know, like I've already said a couple of times, you were talking about how good we were passing the ball and how good we, we were creating chances. But three brilliant goals and one that was, well, the, the, the first one, the early goal. Um, not Obviously, nothing wrong with it, but a, a very good ball in from um, Zorora. Um, goes all the way through and goes in but other than that there were just three sensational goals which was your favourite? I think it has to be the second one I think it has mm. to be I think it's 24 passes I think it was in that in that move and I've not looked it back the full way through but it felt, it felt like every single player on the pitch had involvement in that goal as well just the runs if it's Teller or Johan for the second goal if it's Zaruri or if it's Cullen if it's Roberts just the movement it's everywhere it's relentless they can't they can't handle us they they can't the energy that we had and we were unpredictable in every way as well not just for that goal but for the entire length of the game especially the first half so that second goal was was remarkable the first goal it just shows how direct we are in terms of Saruri. You compare him to maybe other wingers and they may get the ball and maybe think about it and then like maybe kind of stall for like a couple of seconds and then decide what to do. He knows what he's doing each time and he can go left or go right and he's so threatening because of that and that means that he's an absolute nightmare for anyone and I mean anyone to try yeah. to, to try to defend against him and that is why next year in Premier League be delusional. Be delusional, boys and girls because we could be incredible next year because what I'll say is that this team is still so young like our, our old heads, our leadership players that we look at is Josh Cullen in 26 years of age and Josh Brownhill is 27 as well. Like, you know, we've got Barnes, who's, I think he's touching 32, I believe, or 31, 32. Like, it's still such a young team and it's only one year to the project. They could get so much better as well. And again, the third goal, I think quite similar as well to how the second goal was kind of created. Yeah. Great passing move, great passes, and a very killer through ball by Johan Berggumerson, who was remarkable at 10 and was really effective on trying to get that final killer ball that sometimes has been missing for us at odd points this year, and we made it pay on Saturday. Yeah, um, some good points there. I like your points about Zorori, um, because obviously we all know that footballers will sit down, they'll watch videos, they'll train. um, And when you're about to play Burnley, and you're watching videos, say like if you're a fullback and you're watching videos of Zorori, normally that when you're watching a video of a fullback, it's a case of, right, look, he prefers to go on the left, he prefers to go out wide, or he prefers to cut in, so show him the opposite way. With Zorori, he likes to do both, and he's very, very good at doing both. So what would, what do you do as a fullback? It's, it's very, very difficult. Um, Beck says, just re-watching that first half again, the second goal build-up was special. The pass from Ekdal is world-class. Yeah, 
I don't. The only what the only highlights I've seen are the two minutes on the club on the club YouTube. I haven't been able to see the full move yet, which is a shame. I'm sure it'll be out in the uh, um, ten minute clip they put up later on uh, on YouTube, and of course uh, the the full game on Claret's player. Um, but yeah, the goal, uh, the ball, sorry for McDowell was fantastic. The run was fantastic as well. Everything about it was just brilliant. Um, Neil, which one was your favourite? Uh, yeah, I like the second one just because it was that team goal. But um, for the third one. Um, Obafemi's just got this knack of being in the right place, hasn't he? Because his first goal was about that. It's, striker's it's instinct. Striker's instinct, purely striker's instinct. Um, so, yeah, second's probably. Um, but um, Liam, you mentioned Goodmanson there about that final killer ball. He has been sensational since he's got back in that mm. thing. He really has. And he's really showing his, his worth now, I feel. Yeah, I agree. Uh, research says the full replay is out now. Um, so that's something for everyone to do when this stream is finished. I'll have to wait a little later. Um, so that's probably where Beck's watching it, to be fair. Um, but yeah, you both mentioned JBG. Uh, I do want to go into him a little bit more. Um, he was one of the next points on the list that I've got. Um, Liam, I'll start with you because you've just mentioned him a little bit. But he's been fantastic. I'll, I'll just echo what Neil just said. Since coming back into this team, he's been brilliant. And I was a little bit not worried because the team lineup was was strong yesterday. But when I saw Brownhill and JBG in there, I thought, oh, maybe Brownhill's going to have to drop deep again. Um, but Cullen dropping deep and, and it kind of allowed JBG and Brownhill to both get forward. And I thought we saw the best of both of them and they worked really well together. And I think playing teams like Huddersfield, I think the only criticism I would have had of, of company's tactics earlier in the season is he was playing like a two defensive midfielder role. Like it was Cullen and Cork, double pivot, whatever you want to call it these days. Whereas yesterday, JBG and Brownell were both more advanced and I thought they worked brilliantly together. Yeah, I think that when we face a side like Huddersfield or mm. Blackpool next game, that we can have a bit more freedom in terms of our midfield players and that Cullen can be kind of a single pivot because we don't really need, we don't really need Cork and Cullen for against Huddersfield typically exactly. we don't I, I don't think it's so when we when we play Borough away when we play Sheffield United at home that's when you go for Cork and Cullen I believe to kind of add that bit of um, solidity in terms of defensive but also just a bit of a clearer head and Brownhill who is a nice neat player of course and he keeps the ball really nice and tidy and maybe not be as I guess you could say like brave in terms of his final pass in comparison to, let's say, a, I want to say Gibbonson. I think Gibbonson has a bit more attacking sort of eye to him that is different to Brownhill. And again, that's just a beautiful way of our team is that every single player is so different in terms of how they perform. But back to Gibbonson, he had the same kind of debate in terms of Dwight Manu. We had a lot last year because they haven't got great pace, but are great technically and they're both kind of one-footed as well. We felt like they're limited on one side of the pitch. He's not got the pace to be a winger, and he's kind of one-footed. It's kind, of, he's kind of obvious what he's going to do, so why not put him down the middle? And we had that last year with Dwight McNeil, and I think he played a bit more in the middle in the last five games of the year. And Johan, seeing him more in a number 10, I think we saw it really on for sure against Coventry at home, that he really, like... That was like a wow, okay, he actually perfectly suits this kind of system. And that's when he thought that, wow company is not only getting the young players and becoming and turning them into better players and I was going to say superstars maybe that's got a bit too far but he's improving <laughs> and developing players who are young like Matson, like Saruri, like Benson, like half our team and also are completely adjusting and transforming players that we thought were already too too past it. Ashley Barnes for example, Neil Warnock called him Pele the other day What's yeah. that about? He's called yeah. uh, Neil Warnock's calling Bonds Pele. Goodmanson looks like a different player. 
Brownhill looks like a different player. He was like a, norm, a normal number eight, a bit more of a, you know, stick kid and defend for your lives, kind of like cute little player. And now he's starting like a number 10 and he can do a six, he can do an eight, he can do a 10, he's perfect. So everywhere you look at Vincent Company, he's transformed all of our players and makes you think with more time how good they can get. Exactly that, exactly that. Yeah, um, yeah some good points again. And Neil, uh, obviously, we spoke there about JBG and Brownell and how, how them two playing together now has given them more license to go forward rather against teams like Huddersfields, Wiggins and Blackpools, who we've got coming up next. But obviously, the flip side of that was Cullen and how good he was yesterday. Pulled the strings yeah. in that role on his own. Obviously, he's normally got Coco Brownell beside him, but pulled the strings yesterday on his own. And again, it, freedom's probably the wrong word in that role because you don't have much freedom in that role but it gave him the freedom to do more of that role himself and, it, and, he, and he shone because of it didn't it he? he was fantastic yesterday Colin. I thought he was brilliant he's been great um, last few games I thought he's um, he was for me he was one of the standout players at the start of the season when obviously it was a brand new squad and we didn't really know how it was going to work but I could see Cullen's quality straight away um, and for me he, yeah, he was he was absolutely superb yesterday and like you say freedom probably is the right word but it's more he was allowed to sort of um, more express himself in that role um, you know there was no pressure on him to, to do this, to do that. He was just, it's your role. You go with it. That's what he's done. But just to touch what Liam was saying about company, um, all season we've seen him adapt and we've seen him change yeah. and learn. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about where this project's going to go and how good these players are actually going to turn out to be. Yeah, interesting, interesting as well. You both mentioned uh, the project and, and we've we've kind of touched on what we could potentially do next season. Liam, you were saying like get deluded, I think you said. Um, question get delusional, from, boys. Yeah, delusion, that's the one. Yeah, deluded is the wrong word. Uh, deluded is the opposite of what we want to do. Um, Safe Gaming says, when we go up, I like that. Um, I mean, we all know we're going up, but some Burnley fans will still be saying, oh, I'm not sitting pretty. Um, surely everyone's Come sitting on. pretty now. Come on. Um, when we go up, do you think we will have the same possession style of football? Um Personally, I think we will. Obviously, company's got core values and he's got a way he wants to play. He might tweak it slightly. Obviously, um, we might see more double pivots as we just as we just explained um, in the Premier League. Obviously, next season. Um, but Liam, I, I think we're going to see the same style of play. Um, what do you think? I think if you're comparing Burnley in terms of how we could do in the Premier League, I think the best comparison is Fulham. Really, in terms of, I think they are quite similar in terms of how they play. Very attacking. Very maybe not as possession based, but they went from a very attacking side that people thought that, look, they can't do this in Premier League. You know, oh, it's all great being this great in a championship, but you can't do a Premier League. And they've adapted it. And it's a great model to replicate as well for Burnley. And I think that we will do the same. Not Maybe not sit seventh, but I think that we'll be around the kind of mid-table part next year. I think we'll be 14th, 13th. I think this side has got even much, much more they can improve into and including the window as well. I guarantee that yeah. company is already ringing people now. And that our next striker or next center mid to replace Cork and our next, I don't know, center back or whoever, goalkeeper, he's already in contact with them now. So we've got so much time to plan ahead. That is the best advantage that we have. Hence why we already made plans for the future in January with the likes of Ekdal, with the likes of Dakil, with the likes of Foster and Obafemi as well. We've got that great advantage that other teams simply do not have. So I think next year, I think we will adapt it a little bit, similar to what you saw. That, like when we went to Old Trafford, we weren't really like we weren't dominating the ball. But when we had it, we had our little pockets of time 10, 15 minutes. We were really good. Of course, we're not going to dominate our 90 minutes. We don't even do that in championship, but we'll ha we will have our moments. And with better players, better cohesion, we will 
basically seals improve and I think that we will have that for next year. Yeah, I agree on on pretty much everything there. I do think we'll do very well next season. I can't see us struggling. Um someone said earlier, minimum top ten. I think I think I think you're probably about right there, like fourteenth to twelfth. I, th- I think we can definitely do that. And as well, the thing people might say, Oh well, so and so's not good enough. Um opposition fans might say so and so's not good enough. But as you mentioned, hey. we've already <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. But so opposition fans probably would do, but it doesn't matter anyway, because as you mentioned there, we are going to sign more players. Company will have already signed. Uh, well, it's been speaking to players. Bayer's look going to be signing when we go up, so it's exciting times. Mm-hmm. And look at the kind of people that we've signed in the championship. If we can sign them type of players in the championship, then the world's our oyster next season. Um, you mentioned in there, Liam Ekdal. Um, he's brilliant again, weren't he? Absolutely fantastic. I, I don't understand how somebody can slot into a team, a team so effortlessly, and it's not just good at defending, but as we've just as we just mentioned earlier, some of his passing. Fantastic, weren't it? Yeah, we said last week on the full-time show, didn't we, that it's, it's, the company just seems to have this knack of signing players who've got the same mentality and just slot in and they, they all buy into his vision and they buy into what the club's about. And Ekdal is a perfect representation of the company signing. He's just come in, looks like he's been here all season and he's just pure Rolls-Royce, pure Rolls-Royce. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I edited a picture of it, not very well, admittedly, but I, I edited a, a picture yesterday with, a, with his face on a Rolls Royce. But it's just. Oh, is that you? Yeah, did you make oh, yeah. that? Oh, God. I thought you got it from Facebook or something. <laughs> no, I, just, I was eating calm, my mate was driving me home. I was like, oh, I'll just quickly stick it on. Obviously, I didn't, it weren't a proper Photoshop job, and I don't think it'd be much better, to be honest. It's not really one of my skill sets, but. Um, we sit here every week, don't we, boys? You just wax lyrical. But Ekdal, I'm very, very impressed with him. And I think he could have potentially be one of the signings that we've made um, all year. And, and that's a tough one. I think, personally, i probably go Cullen. But he's definitely, definitely up there. Um, as Paul Yates says, Ekdal, a.k.a. Tony Adams, is class. THP would struggle to, sorry, THP would struggle to get back. I mean, we've had this debate before. I think both of us, uh, all three of us have been on the show once where we've said, uh, where we've had this debate. But I personally, um, THP... He can't slot straight back in because of how well we're doing. He'll have to wait for his chance, won't he, Liam? It feels so harsh, even when you it look does. back in the stats really and does. how well he was doing. I think he was like in terms of ratings, and you may not care, but like Foot Mob and who scored and all these kind of websites, they had him as like the fifth to like seventh best player in the championship. You know, when he were playing, like statistically ratings each game, he's been fantastic. So maybe we're just kind of being harsh to him, and it feels like we are because he is a fantastic player, but. We've got so many good centre backs. Like for example, Luke McNally is a sixth yeah. chance centre back. I saw him play the other day for Coventry. They think he's Maldini, right? They think he's fantastic. They're going to pay five, ten mil for him. He's a sixth, sixth choice centre back. How have we gone from going from Ben Me Tarkovsky, who are both fantastic centre backs, and knowing that they'll be going and thinking, "Oh my god, I've got Kevin Long. Oh my god, we're, we're freaking out." <laughs> and then we've got six of. Like insane level centre backs. Taylor as well is also like a left back centre back as well. It's nuts, right? So it feels harsh in him. The only thing that I will add is the fact that typically with most of these top six clubs, when it comes to their contracts and loans, they typically have a clause that if they are fit, they have to play. Mm. That's the only thing that I will keep an eye that I will say to people that if he does start straight away, I think that is the reason why. Typically, these top six clubs they want to guarantee they play. So. I think when he is fit and back and ready to go, I think we will see Bayer and Bellis back again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens anyway. Um, but personally, if 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 there's no contract clause, if if everybody's fit, I I, I think for me it, it, it's Bayer uh, and Ekdal. Neil, which, which two would you go for? 
Uh, yeah, Bayer and Ekdal, but I, th- um, I think we said that last week. But this is what companies used to, isn't he? He's used to quality every position that the team he's playing in. It's it's a elite mentality that he's got, and it's a great problem to have if you've got pure quality in every single position. It's where you want to be. We've gone from sort of scrabbling around wondering if it's going to be Kevin Long playing or whether he's going to have to yeah. put uh, Cork in centre half or Westy when he used to play and cover there. But so now we've got overloaded with choice. It's great. Speaking of centre-half cover, Charles Taylor's done that quite a few times this season. Uh, done a very good job, in my opinion, in the majority of games where he's done it, uh, to the point where people, as Liam just joked about um, McNally, people were calling him Maldina. Um, but it's looking like we'll see a bit more of him over the next few weeks. Of course, Matson went Matson, sorry, off, uh, went off injured. But it doesn't look as serious as we first thought. But you're probably going to see Charlie Taylor there over the next few weeks, or potentially Vitinho. Um, who would you be going for that position, Liam, obviously with Martin's injury? I think it depends on who you play against. I think yeah, Vitinho I is probably that. much more yeah. of a similar like-for-like like for that role in terms of the energy that he provides, the more kind of attack and threat, because Matson is a left-back, but really he's not a left-back. Like, he doesn't really play a left-back for us if we're dominating the ball against a team like Huddersfield, right? We're playing him as like a, a centre-mid slash left-forward at times, or left-wing-back, I guess you'd want to say that. So, Vitino, I think, may have the right traits in terms of very similar kind of mode of player. Issue is maybe because it's on his wrong foot on the left-hand side, I think he's right-footed, right, Vitino. He's, he's good on both feet for, for the most part, but I don't think he is left-footed, right? I don't think he is. I, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's right-footed. Yeah, I think he's, right-footed, he's, one yeah. Of the, he's just good enough with both. I've never really noticed. Yeah, know. I think. I mean, he's naturally a right-back, so I presume it's right-foot. I think it is. But, yeah, Vitinho, I think, for when we're playing against a Wigan, a Blackpool will be good for that role. But when yeah. we are playing against a team like Borough or Sheffield United or Sunderland, maybe perhaps, as well, we played in my home, then go for Tyler Taylor. Um, I think, again, it feels really harsh because for me, I still see Taylor as a, as a, Premier, League, a, a Premier League left-back. I still see mm. him as a Premier League player. He's earned the right to be a Premier League player. The fact that he's a backup player for us is ludicrous, honestly. So I feel good for him. I think he will start next game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Fatinho. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on um, Martin's injury and new slots in there? Yeah, well, Martin put up yesterday that it, did, it wasn't too bad. He said he was all right, didn't he? Um, yeah, minor, so, minor, wasn't it? Minor, yeah. Um, again, I think with, with what Liam said, it depends who we play. And I think it, again, Sheffield United, Borough teams that are up around, and I'd probably go for Taylor just for that experience because he can just guide the lads through a bit like what Barnsley's been doing. But yeah, against Blackpool, I would certainly go for. Um, I would certainly go for Vitinho. Yeah, um, fair enough. Paul Yates says, would playing three across the back be an option whilst Matto is out? I mean, I love that nickname, um, but I personally wouldn't start changing um, too much. Um, We've got enough quality to cover. Yeah, we've got enough quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's no, there's no, there's no need to start doing stuff like that. But it's interesting the points you make there about Charlie Taylor, uh, both of you. Um, it's also for courses, isn't it? We all know he's good, but certain games he's going to be the better option, whereas other games Vitinho's going to be the better option. And unfortunately for him, if Martin misses the next three games, Fleetwood, Blackpool, and Wigan. They're all games where you probably expect to see Vitinho. Um, so he may miss out a little bit. Uh, I think it I speaks volumes. Sorry, Sorry it speaks volumes about Charlie Taylor, though, that he is, he probably is Premier League quality, but he's not kicked off and he's not moaned. He's just got on with a job and yeah. he's bought in, He's bought into what his role is. And he's, he's yeah, great. Yeah, he's been top yeah. class. And because it's because it's because of our system as well. Like when he played last day, it was like last 50 minutes or something and the ball came to the left-hand side and it was like Charlie Taylor of old in the Sean Dyer system that he just ran down the byline and then just crossed it in. And we're like, We've not, we've never seen that really. We've not seen that for a full year of like our left back running a byline 
and like not really aiming to really just work some like nice neat play or send it back to the center backs, just actually whack it in the box. We don't see that typically. So the, I saw that thinking, yeah, that's a Sean Dyche Taylor. That's that's what we're used to back in the day. But it doesn't really work us anymore because we've not really got big men in the box anymore, do we? No, no yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, Tony Miller says, still can't wash my shirt while we're on this unbeaten, uh, unbeaten run. I'm only having to wear it now for the games. And as soon as I get home, change it and hide it from the wife. So the good thing about the unbeaten run is obviously we're fantastic, but the bad thing is that Tony stinks. So um, if we get <laughs> beat, at least, at least Tony, at least Tony. We've also lost. Uh, we've also lost Robert's magnificent tash as well. I thought. We he was oh yeah. Is, is he going to grow it back now? This is the thing. Will he start growing it back now, or is, or is it just gone forever? I wanted him to keep it while we were unbeaten, but obviously mm. he's not. I was yeah, it, or it, was a, it was obviously a winning run tash, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was gutted when I seen it gone. I was just, it was. I was hoping he'd grow a mullet as well because mullets seem to be in oh, fashion yeah. at the minute. There's quite a few people with mullets. I wanted, um, the, I wanted him to have the full handlebar. That would have been beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I wanted him to go full Valtteri Bottas and get a mullet. Lovely tash. Mm. It'll look fantastic. If um, he's watching, bring it back. Yeah, yeah. If you're watching, um, yeah, definitely bring it back. Uh, I do want to talk about Foster because um, I thought he started looking a little bit better recently. Not that I've been critical of him, um, but I just felt like he was a little bit sort of like rabbit in headlights at first when he, when he first started. Uh, whereas now his movement is a lot better. He's finding space. He's doing well on the ball. It just We just need to see him get a goal, don't we, Liam? I think once he gets a goal, I think he'll start scoring more and more. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so I was DMing... So there's a group chat that I'm in and there's a lad in there last night that was really going at Foster and I it really annoyed me. It really mm. annoyed me because like he's saying, well, Upper Femi's been here the same amount of time and he's scoring goals. And it's like, it's it's not as simple as that, like strikers in our system. They're not like strikers that are usually in most exactly. of the systems. Like we're a team effort and his role is to drop deep, get the ball collected, make sure he keeps it and then send it off back to Cullen or send it off back to Ekdal or Bayer, right? It's not a normal striker system. That It's a system that anyone can score at any angle, and that's what makes us so threatening. Foster, for me, is doing all the right things. He's, he's in the right areas. He's making the right moves, and it just needs to fall for him. And if it falls for him, great. And that's I'm sure they'll take advantage of it. Like, he was saying that oh, he's been here for like a month, and he's not had a shot on target. I mean, I think he has, to be fair. But anyway, Barnes between Blackburn and then between his last goal, his first goal back, which was, it wasn't Luton away, was it? Is that his first goal back? I think it was. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, Luton yeah. away. That's There was a nine-game period that we didn't have a single goal score from a striker. I mean, won nine games in a row during that time period. Yeah. Oh, well, eight and, games and I, I, think, I think, obviously, and Blackburn was his first goal of the season as well. Exactly. Like And like, Jay Wood, for example, he kind of looked a bit out of place because we thought, oh, well, he's not scoring, therefore he must be bad. Strikers in our system isn't like strikers in other systems. So Foster, from what I'm seeing, is in the right areas. He's got a bit of strength to him as well. He can turn a man as well. Got a little, a little bit of dribbling ability. I'm sure that it could be a lot better in other teams and like it'll be much more obvious. But in our team, it's much more of a spaced out kind of like everyone has their part to play. So I think Foster, it'll come good. And I've got a lot of faith in him. And other people, I believe, also have faith in him too. Yeah, I mean, you've made a good point there about the about the um, the deep lying stuff because I noticed actually doing it a lot yesterday, coming into the middle, getting the ball, spraying it out wide, and then when Foster came on, he was doing the same thing. It's it's pretty simple if you're watching the game and watching it properly to realise that that is what they're being told to do. He's not just going to baby line or whatever we used to call it when we were kids and stay up front and and hope, hope that something falls to him and he taps it in. Um, but Neil, your thoughts on Foster? Like I said earlier, I, I think he's I think he looked good yesterday. His movement was very good. 
he came deep and collected the ball quite a few times and did well there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the criticism that obviously in the group chat that Liam's in and some of the stuff I have seen elsewhere as well um, is probably a little bit unjust for me. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen some criticism and it's what we're doing. We always have to have someone to mourn at. But um, there's no pressure on him to score goals. The goals are coming from all over the pitch. So he's got the luxury mm-hmm. of being able to bed in, settle in. He's got a role to play in that team. Company's very happy with what he's doing, otherwise he wouldn't play. Um, and I think we said last week, he just needs that call. Once he gets one, he'll be absolutely flying. Yeah, the floodgates will open. Obviously, we mentioned Obafemi there as well, Liam, when you were talking. Um, as research says, he's played in the Championship before, so he's used to it. Um, but I've been impressed with him as well. I thought he looked... I think they both looked, at first when they came in, a little bit like, oh, they're not really used to this system, whereas they're now both looking better when they came on yesterday. You could still see the difference between the likes of Teller and Barnes between them both, but I thought they both came on and did a job. Obviously, Obafemi got a goal as well, right place, right time. Um, but obviously, like, like we said, striker's instinct. Um, but I've been pre- impressed with Oberfemme. Very impressed. Yeah, so have I. And I've got, again, we've gone through this before. Remember, our start of the year, you know, we had so many draws because we weren't really together in a system. They didn't know the system fully. They weren't fully in. You know, they've, they've not got that mind-to-mind communication in terms of where everyone will be on the pitch. You know, that's why we drew a home to Stoke. That's why we drew away at Birmingham. That's why we drew away at Cardiff, you know, drew away at West Brom. All these games that we drew and dropped points was because our team, even though we, were, we had a good base, we, did, we wasn't fully in communication with each other in terms of where we would be attacking-wise. And Foster and also Abafemi, even though I think they're doing well so far, they still need time to get into the system because the system is complicated. I think I was hearing from Ekdal in like his press conference, or sorry, in post-match comments after a game, and saying that he's got so much information, so much information from the from the staff, from company about what to do exactly in his role, and that's as a centre back, right? Now imagine being an attacker and trying to figure out all the ways we're, we're going to try and score goals and make opportunities, right? It is complex and it will take time. And Foster, by the way, and even Obafemi, both times when it comes to games, either the games are pretty much done, you know, against the likes of when he came on for Preston, for example, yeah. or when we are chasing the game and we're, we're defending against 10,000 men, like against Watford, right? So, I, I, I guess I, I, they both started like, first starting in the cup right against uh, Ipswich. We got another cup game on Wednesday, and I cannot to say hopefully both of them start next game and then next game as well. And see what yeah, as, Paul, as Paul Yates said earlier, I did put it on screen. Uh, Foster needs to start against Fleetwood to help with the bedding in. I agree with that. I'd start him. I'd probably start them both. Um, try and find a system where they both work, like, like, like it did, to be fair, yesterday when they came on. Uh, Neil, your thoughts on Oberfemi, though? Um, as Beck Holden says, he is looking fitter now. His movement's better. Um, yeah. But obviously, I, I think that's, that's more him getting used to the system. But two goals as well. Um, so, yes, decent start. Very good start. Yeah, he's a good player. Um and like Liam was saying there about getting into the system and, and all the information, I remember watching the club put on when company first joined a video of his first day and I remember him saying in a meeting, I'm going to give you a lot of information and it's going to take a few weeks. Yeah. But, but go with me and you'll get there and we're seeing that now. So I think Obafemi is obviously starting to 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 look good and I think that, that the same thing will happen for Foster. He'll get the information and it'll click and it'll happen. Do you remember when early in the season when we said, oh, click day's coming? There was a thing about click day. Yeah. It's that, it's that again, it'll happen for the new signings. It's just happened for some of them a little bit quicker. Yeah, yeah. Um, good analogy there with the click there thing. Um, and I know, I, know, I know we all say this all the time. Someone will put it on Twitter every two or three days or everybody says it to their mates. But we've still got players to come into this side. Benson's injured. Jay's injured. We are 
Sensational. We, we, how good we are, Liam, we could actually be better when these players come into the team, couldn't we? And and, and these new players click. Oh, yeah. I'm, I miss Benson so much because like, he's just an absolute joy to watch. And he offers so something so much different. Tell us, great. He's my favourite player, Benson. I love him. I, I think dribbling ability wise, like he's one of the best players I've ever seen dribble. Like in terms of just the speed that he runs at and how he can but he can go both sides, he's remarkable. Like Christ, I think I competitive to Eden Hazard once uh, at some stage. Like it's just it's it's stupid. He's stupid in terms of how good he is on the ball. And We've hopefully got to finish on him as well. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see hopefully one of Benson or J-Rod hopefully on the bench against Fleetwood. I really hope so, because I think they're very close coming back. Not that we need them, but it'll make it a nice little you know, sight to see. Um, and yeah, the, the team can get even better. I mean, Obafemi, I didn't say earlier, but like, he's fast, isn't he? Like, yeah, for some stocky guy, Jesus, I think I saw like his five to ten yard sprint like pace to get away from his defender, his man. Good Lord. Like, he is frightening. He's frightening in terms of how fast he is. And he offers, again, something so much different. And Sullen Clouds, there you go. <laughs> the perfect timing. He's going to be something threatening, especially if we are wanting to change things up. And that's what he gives us. Yeah, he's, he's fast and he gets in the right spaces and he's got strikers instincts. And for the price that we are rumoured to be paying, uh, it was an absolute no-brainer bringing him in. Um Andrew Greaves says, late to the show, uh, so you may have already mentioned him, but Josh Cullen, absolutely joy to watch. Yeah. Yes, we have already spoken about him. Yeah. However, yeah. it's time to get onto the man of the match shouts. I'll start this week. It fits in perfectly with that comment. That's why I put it up there. I've already waxed lyrical about him on this show. I waxed lyrical about him on Twitter yesterday. I know everybody, there'll be, I reckon there'll be a, a few different shouts here because everybody was brilliant. Ekdal could, could have easily got it. Bayer could have easily got it. Um, Goodmanson could have easily got it. But for me, I'm going to go with Cullen. He just made us tick. He was, he was brilliant. He's my man of the match. Liam? Cullen. Cullen. I, 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 I commit myself as member and not leader. You could join me for that one as well. Um, but leader of the Josh Cullen fan club. Um, I put the tweet out last night saying that I believe that technically he's the best player that I've ever seen in a Burnley shirt. Technically, I think he has all the ability to. And I, I did say I'll hold my full opinion until I see him in Premier League. Because Defoe mm. is that man, of course. I think we could, we could all say Defoe. Maybe even Trips as well. But in terms of, as technically, in terms of his ability on the ball, the best player that I've ever seen at Burnley, he has everything. He's got the consistency. He's got the aggression. He's got the, not just the passing range, but also the work rate alongside with it as well. The defensive now, getting stuck in from first minute to 90. The only thing that he may not have is maybe kind of attacking, shooting ability. But really, N'Golo Kante doesn't have that. So that's fine by me. I love Cullen. And I believe that he is our player of the season. And I will stick by this because I've not seen a single bad game from him. And not only that, he is so, so pivotal for our system. Without him, we will simply not be 80 to 70% of the team that we are. Imagine Cullen and replacing with Cork. We're not the same team. And Cork is a fantastic player. Yeah, but that that, that just shows really, how good he is. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, Callum Chapman says Cullen. Uh, Barney Sutcliffe says Connor Roberts, man of the match for me. Uh, Graham907 says Cullen. Andrew Greaves says Cullen. Just, but as you say, could be in any of them. Kurt Leeming says Cullen. Pulling the heartbeat of a fantastic team. Uh, sorry, the pulsing heartbeat of a fantastic team. 
Ray Moorhead says, Cullen, how many headers did he win yesterday? Uh, yeah, fantastic. And Tony says, Cullen, I'm there saying it could. It, I reckon we'll get a few different shouts. We've had one different shout. Um, Neil, is it Cullen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Murich, go I went for Murich. Murich! Nice, it's Cullen, lads. Uh, the role that Cullen plays isn't a... They never really get the plaudits that the attacking players do because it's not his role. And it's always the same in every good team is that that role he does and that 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 position he holds, they're always not underappreciated, but they don't get the same glory that the attacking players do. Yeah. But And what he's doing is, is it has gone a little bit unnoticed, but yeah, it was superb yesterday. So, yeah, Cullen. Yeah, and I just want to point out, and I think, Neil, you were on the show, so you'll back me up for this. When we signed Cullen and I spoke to um, a Belgian journalist about Cullen, I remember saying um, he will be vital to us because he's the player that company would have played with before and he's the player that knows yeah. company's system and he will slot into it brilliantly. That's exactly what he's done. I agree with what Liam was saying. I think he's it's so difficult to pick a player of the season, but I think it's got to be Cullen. And as I said earlier, when we are talking about him individually, the fact that we allowed Brownhill to push further forward with Goodmanson rather than having two defensive midfielders, it kind of helped Cullen shine more because he wasn't battling with somebody else in that role, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't he wasn't alongside Jack Cork, who was also doing the job. So him doing the job on his own, it just made him look absolutely brilliant. And I I, I agree. I, I think he's going to be our player of the season. I really, really do. There's also something about him. There's something about that there's something about a player that doesn't smile. For some reason, I just love. <laughs> I, it's like Rubbish. it takes it too. It takes it serious. I, I love it. And also, one final thing about Cullen, captain, captain material yeah. Yeah. for me. Yeah. Like if well, Brownhill isn't, I, I don't want whatever happens. Brownhill is, is still still captain, and he deserves to be captain as well. But Cullen is not far off. Not yeah. far from well, me. It should be vice. He, he ended the game as a captain yesterday, didn't it? Because obviously Brownhill went off to give it Barnes, and Barnes went off, so they give it Cullen. So he's obviously he's obviously in the thinking of captain. Um, but yeah, so say like when, when your court leaves and, and stuff like that, Cullen would be a very, very, very good shout. Um, Sonic Clarence does make a good point before I bring the um, league table in. Uh, Lanks Live gave a player rating of eight yesterday with Anas getting a nine. I mean, Anas was fantastic as well. I thought Anas, Anas was my second choice of the match, to be fair. Um, like As we were talking about him earlier, you just don't know what he's going to do uh, as a defender. And I do feel sorry for some of the defenders. Like Alan Brown, when we played Preston, he just had him on absolute touch. Oh, he didn't know man. what to do. He, he, he absolutely murdered him. And it was just, it was funny to watch as well because Alan Brown said it, the pre, uh, uh, in, in the week building up to the game, Burnley aren't all that, you know, we, you know, we, we'll know a way to, 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 to get something against them. And then he couldn't even win a tackle. So I don't know what he was talking um, when he was uh, doing that press conference. But I'm going to do something I always like to do uh, as I'm hey. starting to wrap the show up. Bring the league table up. The only issue I have with the league table is Blackman back and forth. But other than that, I'll just zoom in for you all. Oh, God, I've made Blackman top. Uh, there you go. I'll just zoom in for you all because we don't need to look any lower than six, really, do we now? Let's be honest, we don't really need to look any lower um, than... Then first. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, what is it now? 19 points clear of third. As I mentioned earlier, there was somebody responded to the Turfcast Twitter page in the week saying, why can't I still sit comfortable? And I said, I don't know, mate. I've been sitting comfortable since the end of January. Surely, Liam, there's nobody out there now that isn't sitting comfortable. Everybody knows we're going up, surely. I mean, if you don't think that we're going up, then I don't know what to say to you, especially after, after yesterday's game. I don't know what to say. No, you know, I, God, God help you. That's all I can really say for that, honestly. Um, 
Look, when you got Neil Warnock say before game after game that we are the best team that he's ever seen in the championship in 20 to 25 years. This is Neil Warnock. This isn't just some random Donny. This is Neil Warnock who's been there and done that and one of the most respected managers in this level. If he's saying that, then you best believe the words that he's saying. That is praise at the highest order and that just shows how good this team really is. And the only thing that I will say that can maybe not taint but add some context is the fact that Blackburn are fourth. The fact they are fourth shows how awful this league is. And that's the only thing that may may not tame because we won't we won't care, right? But like this league is awful. This league is so bad. The fact Blackburn are fourth, they're the worst team I've ever seen in a derby match. Awful. They've got zero goal difference in their fourth. Disgrace, in my opinion. Yeah, they've only scored 38 goals all season. They've played 34 games and scored 38 goals this season. We've scored 30 more goals than them. But anyway, I agree. It does show how bad the Championship is, the fact that they're four. But at the minute, they're only beating poor sides. But I don't want to talk about Blackburn too much because obviously, fuck them. Uh, Neil, how good does that league table look? It's great. Yeah, it's amazing. They, they, I've say, I say it every week that we're here, to be fair, but the goals scored, the goals against, the number of points we've got, it's amazing to see. Uh, the only thing is that, that the the form guide just used to be all green. So I'm a bit good. It's not now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of amber in there now. Liam, I know you went on the second tier pod recently and said you think we will break Reading's record. Uh, the two draws at the minute have kind of made it difficult. I, I said I, it's do possible. You we'll, you, do you still think we'll do it? I, I, I think we'll just, I think we'll break the 100 barrier, but I don't think we'll get that record personally. The 100 barrier, yes, I think is more than possible. Um, I believe right now, if we win all our games, it's 113. So I think for us to break the record, it requires us to to match it, is to draw three games and win 10. Um, Not win 10, um, win, win, uh, draw three games, win nine. And then also to beat it, lose two and win 10. On like lose one and maybe draw two as well. It's kind of to match it. Like, it's going to be tough. Frankly, do we really care? Not really. If we win the title anyway, it's fun. It's still the same thing. However, we're so far ahead that we might as well make mm. the league somewhat interesting. Like, it's kind of, it's not boring, but, you know, we've not really got anything to really be that. We, we've won the league. We've won the league. We've won the title. I don't care what anyone says. We're 90, supercomputers. I, I treat them like it's, my, like it's my life, right? 94% likely to win the I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest. I thought it'd be like 96, 97. I think another one I saw says 96. Like, we've won the league, so what is there to really get excited about? Then hopefully try to chase a record and try to make sure that we are statistically, factually, the best team to ever play in this division. And when it comes to Fitz and company, my God, the ceiling is so high for that man. And hopefully he takes us along the way as long as he possibly can that we can realistically expect because he's going all the way to the very top with Burnley or without Burnley. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Vincent will manage City, will win the Premier League with City, uh, and will eventually end up managing Belgium as well. Uh, Neil, points total, what do you yeah. think? Do you think we'll make it or do you think we'll just fall short? I think we might just fall short just because uh, we're still in the cup and hopefully we want a cup run yeah. and squad rotation and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think so. But who cares? Who cares? Yeah, we'll win the league. That's all that matters. Uh, boys, and- I'm going to start wrapping up. So if there's anything else you want to quickly say, say it now. Um, FA Cup, Fleetwood next game. The question is, would you rather win a title at Ewood or make it to an FA Cup semi-finals at Wembley? Um, title at Ewood. 
I think I think somebody really? put the tweet. Yeah, winning the title at Ewood. We can get to a semi-final next season, and winning the title at Ewood that will be a once in a lifetime opportunity that we will. When was the last again. time we won, we was in the semi-finals of an FA Cup? Well, good point. Really good point. Every year, no, Liam. Getting... Every year, Liam. We've got, we've got. Every year from now on, yeah. Year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we are getting better and better, so hopefully it's possible. Uh, Beck Holden says FA Cup. Somebody, t- somebody did tweet that. Was it you, Liam, and put a vote out? Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember voting on that, and I did put win the title. Could you just imagine just winning it there? Could you it just imagine winning more, it there? It was a lot more balanced than I thought it was going to be. I think it was like. 44% for people saying win it at Blackburn and 56 mm. for Wembley. For me, I'll say Wembley just because we've already embarrassed Blackburn enough. You know, like no, no matter what we do against Blackburn, they'll always say their title back in whenever, how long ago it was. I wasn't even born then, so it doesn't even matter to me. You know what I mean? It, it, their title was, was in 95. I don't care. Yeah. I wasn't even born. So like they could have that. But I think for the moment, the, the memories, getting 40 odd thousand Clarets at Wembley would be some day out. And I think that'd be a better day out for Burnley fans as a general, the entire town going back down to Wembley, just like all nine, the memories and the kind of, I think that'd be a much more collective, like cultural event because so many more people can experience that than Edward, even though they're both great. Wembley would be a, a special moment. Someone said, why not both? Yeah. Okay. Not I both. mean, let's not, it's possible. Yeah, it's course it's possible. We are if, if we do both, then I don't care. We're like we're Blackburn. I don't care what they say about us anymore. Like we, we're embarrassing them. Neil, which one would you rather do? I'd rather win the title. I'd rather win the title. He would, I think, because it'll just be not that the FA Cup wouldn't be historic, but there are other chances to do that. Whereas this is probably, yeah. Yeah. I, I do like I do like the fact that we're all saying, oh, we could do that another year. But as somebody's pointed out a few times in, in the comments, and as Liam mentioned, it doesn't happen every year. And obviously, the last time we got to the FA Cup semi-final, um, according to Kurt Lehman, was 1974. Um, I don't That's know, the old Burnley. That's the old Burnley. But could you just imagine now... This is the Galactical say, Burnley era now. This is Real Madrid let's, Burnley. Let, let's, could even get Blackburn in the cup. Yeah, could you imagine a quarter, quarter-final against Blackburn? So, obviously, if we get through to the quarterfinals, could you, could, if we get through to the quarterfinals, they're going to have to reschedule the Blackburn match, but they might be rescheduling the Blackburn League match and just sticking a Blackburn Cup match in the quarterfinals. Because I think, who've they got? Have they got Leicester away? Leicester away, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're beatable, Leicester. Blackburn are poor, so I do think Leicester will beat them. If we were playing Leicester away in the quarterfinals, I'd be confident of a win. Um, but it's interesting, this, this game, I was speaking to somebody uh, the other day who said they'd looked at the calendar. And there's only two possible midweek games where the Blackburn game can slot into. One of them is the last weekend before the end of the season. Sorry, the last midweek before the end of the season. And one of them is bringing the game forward a couple of weeks. I can't remember exactly the date, but it's bringing the game forward. It's going to be interesting to see when when we get through to the quarterfinals. Um, I said that against Lincoln, but still. Um, when we get through to the quarterfinals, um, what's going to happen with that game? Because it's going to be interesting. If we do play them, the last midweek before the end of the season, everything will be wrapped up. We'll, God, we'll have won the title. We'll have won promotion. There could be a, a guard of honour there, as Paul Yates says. But if it were Burnley, I'd expect us to say no. I'd expect us to say we no. We can I refuse, but like, there's, there's no like fine for it, is there? I think they can no, just refuse. I, it's just like, I you don't have to refused it. a couple of years ago against Rangers when Rangers won it. So people do refuse. 
But I kind of think that'll make it even even sweet if they refuse it. Like they still don't yeah. have the balls to do it. They still like I, I understand it, but it kind of still no matter what happens, we're laughing at Blackburn. No, yeah, I don't yeah. like there's no way they're going up this year. If they go up this year, I actually would be happier because it means we can just absolutely nail them in the Premier League as well. And they can go down on yeah. two points. It may, I'd be happy they go up in a weird way because I know that they can break They're gonna have the worst time in their life. And I I would enjoy every moment of it. No matter what happens, oh, Neil. If if Blackburn gives a guard of honour, I promise you now it will be my profile picture for the next ten years. That 100%. would be sensational. Yeah, yeah. They won't. They won't. No, but, they won't. Um, but yeah, it, it would be it be it be frame worthy. It'd be like print out and frame that. Yeah, I'll probably take I'll probably take one yeah. of them down. Probably take yeah. me yeah. in What is the and, most uh, iconic image in Burnley's re- recent history? I guess I want to say. What's the most point iconic point. image? Everyone thinks there's like Scott Arfield's goal against. Bastards back in 1516. I, I like that one. I like Robbie Blake scoring uh, against Man United. That one where he's pointing. The one that he's pointing. Yeah, yeah, Blake, yeah. The one where he's pointing. Um, what else is there? Um, heat and lifting an inflatable trophy at Charlton just because of the inflatable. <laughs> and that makes it more iconic than the actual trophy pictures because of what happened. Um, <sighs> That's why it's annoying me even more because we were we were cheated out of that, out of that moment because like yeah. we were so... I think we were two points ahead on final day, and they sent, sent the league to to, to, to his side, even though that we were facing the team that were already relegated. The fact they did not give us a title was a, was a disgrace. So we should have that moment again and really enjoy it because we got cheated out of that moment. It made it funny, the title, and yeah, lifting the impressive trophy that a fan gave yeah. to them. But like, we need that moment again and done it properly. Yeah, good question, Liam. Neil, what's your most um, iconic picture in recent years? There's Robbie Blake. There's Dice when he got lifted up by other players. There's um, yeah, Dice. Someone's... What were it? Steel jaw, strong jaw, strong jaw. Dice pointing at his jaw, jaw after yeah. that win at Birmingham. That one. Yeah. Um, Bad beat what... Bob. What a good Bad shout beat that Bob. is. That Bad beat Bob. Yeah. That's yeah, a good Clark one. Said, I had a pair of them. Yeah. I had a pair no, of them. No, you didn't. I, did. I had a pair of them somewhere. The club sold them, and I bought some. I remember oh, wearing that's... them down at. I remember wearing them down at Chelsea. Um, the year Just after. Then. Not. At... Were it the year after? I can't remember. I remember wearing them down at Chelsea at some point uh, with them over my jeans and I had a flat cap on, bad beat bobs over my jeans. I remember running past some Chelsea fans like, with my arse. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Graham T. Ingsy at Blackburn back in 13-14. That's a good shout. And one of like, I think it was like Trippier doing Trippier. Yeah, well. Trippier like doing the chicken well, yeah. dance and stuff as well. And Ingsy in the oh, background celebrating with somebody. Yeah, that's a good one. Caldwell with the playoff uh, trophy final. Uh, with the playoff trophy, says Andrew Blythe. Oh, Blythe. Uh, everyone's favourite alcoholic claret um, but uh, yeah there's uh, a lot of them Liam good question that's probably a good debate uh, for the socials um, but yeah Barney Sucker just says tell a 3-0 we are, we are beating Fleetwood right? <laughs> I just want to make sure that we are beating Fleetwood that's, I'm going to say 3-1 yeah. just kind of get it done and over with 3-1 yeah. Burnley they'll score somehow yeah yeah, uh, yeah. 7-0 I don't know we'll, we'll beat them I, 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 it'll be 3-0 we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to 3 and we'll just take his foot off the gas um, yeah. but again um, yeah I'm not going to say it again you know what I'm thinking but I've been this confident before but I, I think we'll, we'll beat Fleetwood yeah Neil do you think we'll beat them? yeah 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 yeah, I've <laughs> never heard fine. anyone so confident as Neil there <laughs> he laughed while answering the question he laughed yeah. at me We're, as he said like, what a silly question it was a silly question. Come on, yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, of course we are, of course we are, um, yeah, of course we are. Nine nil. Yeah, yeah. Paul Yates says that Barnes kiss as well. I did a similar thing last night actually, Neil. Uh, when I got home, my little boy went, "What was the score?" I said three nil, and then he said, "To who?" I went, 
Uh, sorry, four nil. I've even forgot. Uh, anyway, anyway, to who? <laughs> Silly question. Obviously, but <laughs> it's just, it's, I did the same thing last night. Um, so yeah, I, I get the confidence. Um, but lads, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Liam, do you want to let ev- if everybody follows you already? I'm sure they do. Um, but of course, you've got a new Burnley podcast as well now. Uh, so do you want to let people know where they can find you and that podcast? Um, yeah, I, I tweet a lot of nonsense on my Twitter at official visitor. Um, I do some Burnley stuff that I, I love talking about Burnley and I enjoyed when I come in the pods with you. So I felt like I might as well just add to the miss as well. And why not? We're getting bigger and bigger, better and better. And the more people in the space, the better I feel like. So yeah, it's got a long side. It's on YouTube, Spotify, the kind of usual places. And, um, yeah, just talk about the clavets and that's what we all want. Yep, of course. Neil, where can everybody find the official Turfcast panellist? Uh, on Twitter, just my name, at Neil Layfield. <laughs> just my name. Just my um, name. That's, 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 brilliant. that's nearly as good as Sam's. Yeah, come along. We'll have a chat. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam, if you listen to this, or you've had a good day at work, uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on soon enough. Um, but thanks, lads, for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for watching. If you are like Kurt and Andrew, who joined the show late, as soon as I end this live, what? two, three seconds later, it becomes a standalone video. You can watch it again as uh, do once. Um, the podcast will hopefully be out, be out within the next 20 minutes, but I do need to set off to Leeds at 12. So uh, if I get it done in time, then it will be out. If not, I'll do it tonight. Um, if you do want more of my face, head over to the sportsbet.io YouTube channel. I will be covering Tottenham against Chelsea and the Carabao Cup final on there as well. Um, but I'm not sure why you'd want more of me. But if you do, feel free to go on there. I'll be giving you um, all the happenings in them games as well as the best bets, um, which never win anyway. So um, it's up to you. But thank everybody for watching. Thank everybody for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, thank everybody for commenting. And of course, thank you to the boys for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And I will probably do a pre-game show um, ahead of Fleetwood. Um, I probably won't find a Fleetwood fan. I will get another claret on. Um, but yeah, it's it, we can't really ignore that one now. We're getting into the stages of the FA Cup that means something. But thanks everybody for watching, listening. Thanks for lads for coming on and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.